And so a habit is formed by a trigger, routine, and reward. And so we need to look at the underlying trigger instead of simply trying to address the routine. Let me explain. For example, if the trigger is that I've not eaten a food that day, so physical restriction, then my brain is going to be sending out urges to eat chocolate late that night. Now, for example, let's say this happens every single day. Every single day, I'm not eating enough food throughout the day, and every single night, I find myself eating chocolate. So the routine is eating the chocolate bar to get the reward of the calories, aka the energy, which means you ultimately can't change that routine because what's happening is we're having that biological response. And so we're looking at the habit of, oh my God, I'm eating chocolate every single night, not understanding what is the trigger that's driving that behavior. Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to Weighing In on Happy. My name is Victoria Evans. I'm a science-based intuitive eating coach, and I'm really excited because today we're doing something totally different. I've never done this before, but basically many of you know that I've launched my Craving Food Freedom online course, and I've just gotten a lot of really incredible feedback, and so I thought it might be interesting if for the podcast today I actually shared with you part of one of the lessons all about how to break bad habits. So if you're someone who struggles with difficult habits, you feel like you're always self-sabotaging, then this is going to be the episode for you. Now, just as a little FYI, you'll notice in this lesson, in this podcast, I refer to something or someone rather called Lizzie. And so in my program, basically, I talk a lot about our primitive brain, which I call Lizzie, Lizzie, our lizard brain. And so basically, in the course, I really try to make the information as understandable, interesting as possible. And so I use a lot of analogies um, and different ways to explain different kind of concepts so that you can make the most out of them and, you know, really move forward in your life of food freedom. So if you hear me say the name Lizzie, it's because I'm referring to Lizzie, your lizard brain, which is a more primitive part of your brain. And so what you're going to hear today is just a small snippet from phase four of my Craving Food Freedom online course. And so I'm not actually sharing a whole phase because it's longer with multiple videos, as well as, you know, the homework tools that I have associated with breaking habits and creating new habits. I have it all uploaded into the portal for the course with the PDF, everything to really work through it. And so I'm not able to provide all of that for you, but I am giving you a really good understanding of why we have habits, you know, why we have habits that we can't break, why they're so difficult to break, how to create new habits. So still giving you a lot of super impactful, important information. And if you want to take it to the next level, I really highly suggest you check out the Craving Food Freedom online course. You can sign up today and start today. And it's six phases, so it's six weeks long. I have awesome bonuses in there as well. Really everything you need. It's self-paced, so you can take it on your own time. So if you're busy, you know, if you don't have a lot of time in your schedule, know that this course is suited for you. You can also take it on the app, so you can download it in the app store, so you can take it on the go, just listen to the audio portion of it. Really, there's so many different ways you can really lean into this work, take this course, and have an incredible transformation. And so the link is in the show notes below. You can sign up right now, or you can sign up after you listen to this little snippet from phase four. But know as well, if you use coupon code podcast, so just P-O-D-C-A-S-T at checkout, 
out, you also get 10% off the course. And so you're going to want to go ahead, check out the course and sign up for it and get started today. All right, without further ado, here is the phase four, small portion of that training from the Craving Food Freedom online course. Hey there, and welcome to phase four of the Craving Food Freedom online course. Today, we're going to be talking all about breaking bad habits. So let's get into it. And so here's the thing about habits of any kind. We like to take an all or nothing approach to it, which ultimately stems back to perfectionism. Now we're going to be talking a lot more about perfectionism in the next phases, but basically I want you to understand that what perfectionism looks like is Brene Brown's definition is that if I look perfect and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize painful feelings of blame, judgment, and shame. And so why we want to become perfectionists, why we want to do habits perfectly is because we think that when we get there, we will be able to, again, avoid those feelings of blame, judgment, and shame. If I am perfect, then I can feel good about myself. And so we're going to be digging a lot more into that, but I just want to kind of introduce you to that thought as we're moving through this phase about habits. So I want you to think about any time you ever wanted to start a new habit. For example, think about when you would start a new diet. So was it usually like, oh, you know, on Monday, I'm going to add a little bit more veggies to my dinner? Or was it, I'm going to calculate every single calorie of every single meal, I'm completely cutting out sugar, and I can only have one piece of chocolate on a Saturday, right? So things like that, I know for myself, like it became this very all or nothing. It wasn't any kind of gray zone. It wasn't any kind of finding this kind of balanced middle ground. It was tomorrow I get back on track, tomorrow I eat perfectly, and if I mess it up, then I'm a failure and I'm a terrible person, right? We really go to those extremes and we're going to be digging a lot more into that. And so this all or nothing approach is really why people usually fail when it comes to creating new habits. And now I use the example of diets because I knew you could relate, but also know that what I'm about to teach you about how to create new habits will work in literally any area of your life. And here's the thing I need you to understand. We can't expect to be perfect and be able to all of a sudden do everything the way we want it to, you know, perfectly execute some new habit just because we've decided that we wanted to, because that's not how our brain works. And so habits can also be a form of self-protection, especially if we're engaging in one of the four types of restriction, right? We have that physical, mental, emotional, and connection. And so a habit is formed by a trigger, routine, and reward. And so we need to look at the underlying trigger instead of simply trying to address the routine. Let me explain. And so, for example, if the trigger is that I've not eaten a food that day, so physical restriction, then my brain is going to be sending out urge to eat chocolate late that night. Now, for example, let's say this happens every single day. Every single day, I'm not eating enough food throughout the day, and every single night, I find myself eating chocolate. So the routine is eating the chocolate bar to get the reward of the calories, aka the energy, which means you ultimately can't change that routine because what's happening is we're having that biological response. And so we're looking at the habit of, oh my God, I'm eating chocolate every single night, not understanding what is the trigger that's driving that behavior. Because if we're trying to change eating a bunch of chocolate without looking at what's again driving it, so not eating enough food, then we can't override that primitive part of our brain. We can't override Lizzie's response. So again, just an example to show you how important it is to understand what is the trigger behind the habit, because until we address that, we can't ultimately change it. And so, for example, when it comes to connection restriction, and we're going to be talking a lot more about that in future phases, but for example, if we aren't getting enough social time throughout the day and our brain is kind of freaking out because it thinks we're being kicked out of the tribe, right, we might find ourselves eating a lot of chocolate late at night to try to feel these feelings of loneliness, to try to create a feeling of safety within our own body if our brain thinks that something has gone wrong because you're isolated from our tribe. 
And so then maybe we find ourselves snacking at night while scrolling on social media, trying to fill that connection restriction need. But again, how can we expect to change that habit if we're never addressing the trigger behind it? And so that motivational triad has three pieces to it. As you remember, we talked initially about the first piece, which is that our brain seeks pleasure because pleasure has to do with calories, which means energy. The second piece that we're going to be talking about today is that how our brain wants to conserve calories and it does that through the creation of habits. And then later on in future phases, we're going to be talking more about part three, which is avoiding pain. But let's dig into the conservation of calories, which means habits. And so our brain is actually a muscle and burns calories to think. So even though it's only 2% of our body weight, it actually burns up to 25% of our daily calories. And so survival brain Lizzie wants to conserve calories in case something life-threatening were to occur, like a lion is going to come over the hill and start to chase us. This way, we have the energy from those calories saved to keep us alive. That's why we love habits. That's why Lizzie loves habits. They're great for survival. And so we have ingrained in our brain habits like eating quickly or eating past full. Our brain can go on autopilot when we engage these behaviors, which our brain loves because it's conserving calories. And so our brain is actually relatively lazy, meaning it wants to conserve as many calories as it can for survival. So for example, even some other lazy brain patterns that we have, habits would be brushing our teeth, walking, showering, driving. Could you imagine if you had to relearn how to do each of those things every time we did them? That would take so much energy, be so inefficient. And again, if we had to protect ourselves from some kind of an enemy, some kind of a threat, we just spend all our energy trying to remember how to walk that we wouldn't actually be able to fight them off. Which then leads us to other habits, for example, like maybe binging or overeating or mindless eating or bored eating, always having to finish our plate. Our brain loves these habits because not only is it racking up calories through the pleasure of those foods, but it's also creating a habit because we're kind of going on that autopilot, right? We sit down to a meal, we're kind of zoning out, we're just eating, eating, eating. So our brain is conserving calories while also getting calories. So as you can see in this way, our brain is going into a habit loop and it's very advantageous for it. And this is why breaking habits is really, really difficult. I remember I'd get so angry when I was trying to break out of habits, for example, like binging or even emotionally eating. And so when I realized I was walking to my fridge and I realized what I was doing, it made my brain really angry when I tried to stop myself. I had angered Lizzie. And again, that's why it's so hard to break a habit because Lizzie loves them. They're familiar, they're efficient, and our entire brain is structured to want to continue to engage in them. But each time you disrupt this habit, it actually gets easier and easier and easier. But expect there to be resistance to these changes. Don't expect these changes to be easy. Because essentially, a bad habit is just a pathway to break. And it sounds simple, but again, it's not always easy. In our brain, we have created neural pathways that we call habits. And the more we do a habit, the stronger and more reinforced that pathway becomes. And so our brain can then effectively go on cruise control, again, on that autopilot, when we have habits, which makes Lizzie happy. But if that habit is actually destructive, it really doesn't make our higher brain, right, that prefrontal cortex, very happy. 
And so again, that comes back to the different parts of priorities for the different parts of our brain. So maybe Lizzie is really super happy that we've eaten a whole bunch of food, eaten way past full because she conserved your calories and making it a habit and then increase your calories by that seeking of pleasure. And again, as we're going to be talking about later in phases, pain avoidance. So for example, that can be even avoiding emotional pain. For example, if we are someone who every time we feel some kind of emotional pain, we're reaching towards the pleasure of food, it becomes a habit. Lizzie has now ticked on all three boxes. So Lizzie's happy, but then our prefrontal cortex, again, higher thinking, future thinking, planning, goal setting, everything is super frustrated, right? We can think to ourselves, why are we all self-sabotaging? Well, Lizzie has a reason why she's self-sabotaging. Again, it's a form of self-protection and we have to understand what is that trigger that's driving this actual habit to begin with. And so with that said, myelin, M-Y-E-L-I-N, is a connective tissue that builds habits in our brain through repetition, which is why we can't expect to just change habits overnight, because we literally have to be undoing that connective tissue in our brain. And this takes time. But knowing each time we're no longer firing on a pathway, meaning each time I'm choosing to change a behavior, for example, whether it be doing a mindful meal, right, we are changing the neural pathways in our brain. We're building new myelin connective tissue you to be a more mindful eater. And when we're no longer firing on the pathways that we've been firing on, that connective tissue actually starts to dissipate. It starts to disappear, which means the more times you fire on a new pathway, the easier it becomes. The less times you fire on an old pathway, the harder it becomes to eventually do that because that connective tissue has actually started to disappear. And so before I dig into analogy using that big green field, I want to reiterate that we essentially need to retrain our brain to change habits. And so we fix this by pruning back the neural pathways in our brain. I kind of have a mental image of taking gardening shears and kind of clipping away at each pathway, which means each time we're not engaging in an old behavior, it's like we're snipping it away. So each time we ignore Lizzie, or each time we rather understand what it is she's truly asking for, what restrictive need is not being met, we're actually starting to break that neural pathway and change the myelin connective tissue. So again, understanding if we are physically restricting food, we're letting ourselves get too hungry, not eating enough, then Lizzie is totally valid and sending you those urges to go and eat. And we will not be able to change that habit, right? Because of that restriction, which means we have to, again, address that trigger, address that need in order for us to ultimately change that habit. And so each time we break that habit, that neural pathway starts to dissolve. And in doing so, we start to create those new neural pathways. And so an analogy that I like to use with my clients is thinking about a big green field. So now I want you to imagine that you have a path that you've been taking through this field to your house your entire life since you were born. You walk down that field every single day. And each time you've walked down this pathway, you've pushed the grass down. So over time, this pathway that you've been walking on your entire life, it's just dirt right? There's no grass growing around because you walk it so many times. And then one day you realize, actually, I want to be over here. I'm not loving this house anymore. I actually want to go and live in this new house. And it's on the other side of the field. But the thing is, your pathway doesn't lead there. You have to build a new pathway. You have to create a new pathway. But as of right now, the grass is like way up, maybe even up to your eyeball height. So it's super, super high which means that you're going to have to effectively create this new pathway. And so maybe the first time you walk through it, it's going to be difficult, but maybe it's manageable. Maybe Lizzie's kind of upset. She's kind of like, oh, this is so much energy. This takes so much work. This is not very efficient, but maybe it's just one time. So we'll push through it, right? Same thing, creating a new habit. Maybe we're okay doing it the first time, the second time. But then Lizzie goes, this is exhausting. 
I'm really, there's a beautiful pathway over here. It works just fine. Our house is, is nice. You know, we don't need to get a new one. Let's just go back to that old pathway. And then sometimes we do, right? Sometimes you're like, you know what? It's really hard to get to this new place. And this, you're right. That, that old pathway is right there. So let's do that. Right. So whether it be, you know, maybe it's going to a gym or maybe it's how we're eating. Our brain wants to go back to that familiar pathway. It's safe. It's efficient. It likes to do it because it's done it a million times before. And so Lizzie's effectively trudging through this giant field. You can almost think about her like with a machete. She's trying to whack down all the grass so that she can make a pathway. It takes so much energy. She's exhausted. And so each time you're trying to tell her to do it, she's like, no, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. What if there's a lion in this pathway? I know there's no lions on that pathway, right? She's concerned for your survival that you're spending so much time and energy creating this new pathway when this other one that is a perfectly fine pathway by her standards is keeping you alive, right? Her goal is survival. And so why I kind of share this with you is this idea that when we create a new pathway, when we create a new habit, it's going to feel really difficult. Lizzie is not going to want to do it. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of energy and it's going to take a lot of repetition, right? So each time we're now walking on this new pathway, we're pushing down that grass, which means each time we do it, it's going to come easier and easier and easier. Now, simultaneously, as we're no longer using that old pathway, that grass is going to start to fill in right? Representing what I'm saying before, that myelin connective tissue is going to start to disappear. And then on the new pathway, that myelin connective tissue is going to start to build, meaning that over time, that pathway that was once the one you've been going on our entire life is going to start to fill in. It's going to become the path of most resistance. Our brain isn't going to want to go down anymore because it's going to take a lot of energy to remember how to do what we used to do. Now, the new pathway, that is the pathway of now least resistance, right? It's the one that's been pushed down because you've been going on it so many times. And so knowing that, again, the more times we're engaging in a new behavior, the easier it becomes. But don't be surprised if one day when you're tired and your mind is on something else, you by accident walk into that old pathway and go to your old house. I know for myself that when I've changed houses, I've accidentally made a wrong turn off and went to my old house because I just wasn't really paying attention. Same thing for you. You might find yourself going down that old pathway some days. That doesn't mean that something has gone wrong. Doesn't mean that you're broken. Just means it's a pathway you've been probably been going on for a long time. Also, maybe you haven't addressed the trigger, the reason why you continue to want to go down that pathway. So all this to say, going back to that perfectionism kind of all or nothing approach, you can't expect because all of a sudden we decide that we want to create this new pathway that we're going to be going down this pathway every single time. It's going to be difficult. Lizzie's going to be really frustrated. There's going to be days we're going to go back to the old pathway because it's easier. It takes less energy. Maybe there's, again, there's a trigger reason why we're doing it. So having so much self-compassion, so much understanding, getting curious about what is the trigger behind it. And we're going to be talking more about that. But again, knowing the more we're going on this new pathway, the easier it's going to become, but that's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be simple, but over time it will become more easy and more simple. And so the next thing we need to consider is that our brain loves habits because they are safe, meaning our brain doesn't have to question whether or not engaging in this habit is actually a threat because our brain works off of evidence to know that something is safe, which is why we don't like doing new things. We'll stick to the same old painful habits because it's familiar. And so when we start to engage in new habits, the first times will be really, really difficult. 
because we are creating new neural pathways. But over time, our brain will be more familiar with it, right? It'll be like, oh, I remember this pathway. I've been through this a million times before. It's going to start to relax. It's going to feel more safe. It has evidence that we can go down this pathway and bad things won't happen. It's not a threat. So use an example as it relates to food, maybe we're using the analogy from the last phase, we're using the guest one. And so now maybe we're not finishing the entire box of cookies, or maybe we're just having a couple. And so all of a sudden you've maybe broken out of the habit of finishing an entire box of cookies. Now our brain has evidence to know that it can do that thing. It can stop before finishing the whole box. It's safe to do so. And then we document that in our trust and wins, again, to reiterate and prime our brain to remember, hey, we did this habit. We're creating this new pathway where we're eating more mindfully. We're being more aware of what we're eating. We're digging into it. We're giving ourselves time for that dopamine to wind down. We have this new evidence that we can do this. We know that it's safe. So now moving forward, we're feeling better about continuing to fire on this new pathway because again, it's becoming more familiar, aka it's becoming more safe. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening to a portion of my phase four training for the Craving Food Freedom online course. If you enjoyed it, if you want to take this work even deeper, have the tools that correspond to this phase, right? Do the homeworks, learn the rest of the information that is super powerful, exactly showing you how step-by-step to break old habits, create new habits. Again, everything that's changed my life allowed me to break all those habits that were really holding me back and create the new ones that allow me to live this incredible life that I live today. I seriously cannot recommend this program enough. It will absolutely change your life. And so to go ahead and check out this program and even sign up today and start today if you'd like, you can go ahead to my website. That is www.victoriaevansofficial.com forward slash programs. And then at checkout, just use the coupon code podcast for 10% off. And again, this program is six weeks long. It is self-paced. You can take it on your own time. Take it with you wherever you're going. Listen on the app or you can watch it on your computer or your iPad or whatever. So all the information, all the tools, all the everything you need to live a life of food freedom right there, packaged up easy step-by-step for you in this online course. The next thing is if you haven't already left a review for the Weighing In on Happy podcast, I would so appreciate it. It really helps me to get even more incredible guests and I have an awesome lineup of guests coming up. But for me to get awesome guests, I really need reviews. So that would help me so much and helps you as well get awesome guests to listen to. So it's a win-win situation. Additionally, if you haven't already, please follow me on Instagram. I'm posting a lot there and I always do little mini trainings, give lots of information there. So that is at Victoria Evans official. All right. Thank you so, so much for listening. Again, go and check out the Craving Food Freedom online course. It's going to change your life. And until next week, I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.